I'm here, your host, DJ Guy for Mask FM. Of course, with my guest, Young Main. Young Main. Mm-hmm. AKA Casey. That's my real name. Oh, yeah, true, true. I didn't know if it was like, if it was <laughs> no. a Young Main thing or what. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because that could also be a lot of people, too. Anyway, I'm yeah. here. Young <laughs> yeah. Main. Yeah, thanks. From the BX. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the whole BX. And In thank- the house, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, thanks a lot for coming. That mix was crazy. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. The first question I wanted to ask you was, uh, you have done a radio show. You hosted a radio show. Yes. Um, for a while in Brooklyn. A year, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you had just said to me off mic that that was when you like truly became a DJ. Like you had maybe dabbled before, but that was when. You, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can you just explain how that process went and what <laughs> what drew you to doing a radio show in the first place? Well, what happened was I sort of kind of like schemed I didn't scheme so this is what happened my friend he came to me he was like yo I just saw this ad like I was at Punk Alley Mm -hmm. and I saw this like ad and they sing they looking for radio hosts and I'm trying to get a radio show and I was like oh word you trying to get a radio show (laughs) and this is like my homie that like doesn't like he does graph and like Mm -hmm. that's like his thing obviously like I well maybe not obvious to the listeners or people who don't know me, but I have way more experience than uh, right. So I'm like, if this guy's trying to get a radio show, let me see what's good. Mm-hmm. So I pulled up, I emailed a woman, I pulled up, and I thought it was going to be like an interview, mm-hmm. but it was basically her telling me, so this is how your show's going to be run. Mm-hmm. Here's like the keys. Yeah. So I had my show, it was called High Wasted with Young Maine. And I had my friend Jorge co-host. It sort of like just happened because he came through as like, I guess, a guest. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I was just like, this works. Yeah. And I don't like being by myself. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that's when I like first started calling myself a DJ. Mm -hmm. Because I was always like behind the scenes, throwing shows, managing bands, doing whatever. But... I always enjoyed, like, you know, when people come over for a kiki or, like, a hangout or whatever, just playing music, and all my friends would be like, yo, what is that? Yo, what is that? Yo, what you playing? Yo, what is that? And then there was one night I was hanging out with my friend Vanessa, and this girl was doing a release party for this movie that she was making called American Monster, this documentary, and she needed a DJ, and Vanessa was like, I know a DJ, and I'm sitting here... Vanessa is the bassist for Spewing Come and the drummer for Filthy Savage, RIP both bands anyway. Shouts to those heavy right. bands. <laughs> right. Filthy Savage, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. in case you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was wondering like, who she was talking about, but she was like, right here. And I was like, oh, for real, me? <laughs> yes, it's me. <laughs> and the girl was like, okay, I guess. And I was like, okay, I guess. So I DJed at Bazaar Bar, and then the radio show, you know, like, Aside from having guests, well, my radio show, my goal was to just, like, showcase the scene, give, have my homies come through. Luckily, my homies are extremely super talented artists and, like, some of the best musicians that I know and some of the only musicians that I currently listen to. Um, Aside from that, it was just me, like, you know, playing music that I fuck with. It was just all about music that I fuck with because Young Main is a curator. So my whole show was just, like, a show of curated music whether it was like we had julian from show me the body come through and he played just like a solo acoustic set which is him and his banjo and he like never does that and he did that so aside from like that kind of live shit i was also just like playing music in between on my ipad and then after i played this show for this girl um 
who released her documentary, people just started hitting me up because I guess people are always sort of looking for DJs, even though I feel like there's so many DJs out there, which is why I didn't want to call myself a DJ. Like, I respect musicians so much. I don't want to be heralded as one because I'm literally just playing other people's music. But when people started booking me and paying me, that's how it starts. <laughs> That's yeah. definitely how it starts, yeah. So then uh, my friends bought me that. Well, Vanessa was behind it. She pulled all my homies' money. Apparently she had a f- secret Facebook group chat and um, had a bunch of my homies just pull their money. And on my 25th birthday, she presented it to me. Actually, my friend Symphony, who lives in Philly, who came especially for that show with Black and Juice Box, they presented me with my DDJ on my 25th birthday at our show. And ever since then, I have been going even harder because I'm like, my friends believe in me this much to buy me this piece of equipment that I would have never thought to buy for myself. I might as well do this shit. So I guess I'm a DJ now, but that's how I started. It's all in the music, you yeah, know? Like yeah, I, yeah. I try not to fuck with things too much because I don't like it like, you know, when you groove into some shit and then the DJ that just like, and then like, you know, like yeah. I like... I like shit to flow, and I love to dance. I came in the scene dancing, going to parties, warehouse parties, all that shit. So I feel like there's not that much of that nowadays. And if I have the platform, you know, I want to give that back, like the shit that I used to do. That kind of brings me to my next question. When you said you said that your aim with your radio show was to showcase the scene, mm-hmm. what kind of scene were you trying to showcase in? What kind of shows, when you were first getting into the scene, were you like really excited by in New York? Okay, so, I mean... I guess I was fortunate enough in my perspective, maybe, that I was open to a lot of different things. So the shows that I started going to, like back in the day, like when I was in high school, were bands like Japanther, The Death Set, Fiasco, Michael Jordan, Filthy Savage, Unstoppable Death Machines, Ritz Riot, that kind of shit. So I was going to those punk shows. I was very much like, you know, family. But aside from going to those shows, you know, I also uh, was a teenager from the Bronx that wanted to shake my ass and, you know, grew up on Hot 97. And so I would go to those punk shows, but then I would also go to, like, warehouse parties at places that don't even exist anymore that a very small group of people currently in the scene know about, but they're still doing their thing. Like um, 99 Richardson, 13 Thames, even the Chicken Hut. They do like bike hill there every year, but or the after party. But anyway, I was also seeing DJs like Cobra Crames, Anton Glam, Luke Brooklyn, who is now Cakes the Killers DJ. He's like on tour with him. Um, WC Kids, Murdertronics was my favorite, my favorite group out there. Like, they were some of the first, like, DJs that, like, I actively listened to. Like, I downloaded their mixes. You know, I didn't just go to their parties. Um, so I was able to explore my essence in every sense. People like to put people in boxes, you mm-hmm. know. And I was able to explore all my different tangents. And that's what sort of drew me to the kind of, like, bills that I book now because I was able to take all of that from everything and I was able to explore all of that and I was lucky enough that I was involved in a scene that sort of encompassed it but back to the whole like punk 
mm-hmm. part of it. Mm-hmm. I feel like that scene died because they were less encompassing, you know. I feel like I got into punk as a young black girl from the Bronx because I was listening to like Nine Inch Nails and Pantera and Youth of Today way back when. And there wasn't like, I didn't start really going to shows till I was in high school because I didn't have like that friend group. And it was like, I felt like that it was something for me and not to be shared because I would be shunned or shamed if I shared it. Um, so punk just appealed to me in the ethos of it, that it was like a space for outsiders to be themselves. So that's why I started going to these punk shows in Brooklyn. But it got to a sort of weird hypocrisy, you know, when I felt like an outsider in these spaces that were supposed to be, you know, accepting of everyone or of people who felt different. So I'm like, well, where do I go? You know, there is no space for me. And I feel like that's where that scene died because it was, it had the guise of inclusivity, but in actuality, it was very exclusive. If you weren't this kind of punk, if you didn't listen to these like essential bands, then you weren't considered part of the crew. And when you don't, you know, include new people or when you sort of box yourself off, there leaves no room for growth. And I feel like that's why it died, you know, because it didn't grow. So, but there's a new scene happening and budding now. People like me, you know, that are like bringing everything together. Do you think the landscape is different today? And what, what kind of, you know, yeah, what kind of bills were you inspired to put together having had that experience as a younger person in the, in the like earlier punk scene or whatever? I think the climate is very different nowadays because it's cool to like different shit. Totally. You know, it's, it's the, the appeal is, is in, is in the outsider now as opposed to the shame. Mm -hmm. So I think people are just way more open, but I also feel like there's a double standard to that because like I said, it's, it's in because it's cool. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of people get caught up in the coolness rather than what it actually is. And I like those people. They come to my shows. They look pretty at them. They make them look full. But I majoritively feel like the people who I attract at my shows are really, really with it. Like, you know, super, like, actually down because this is what they live and they thrive for. So I'll give an example. You asked me what inspired me. So like I was saying, I used to go to shows at, like, warehouses and, like, you know, see these, like, punk bands at you know, basements or whatever. And I would, like, fully go to a party, be shaking my ass to some, like, crazy jungle. And then there would be Japanther, like, playing, you know? So shit like that, where people were just fully free. And I knew that I wasn't the only person that was like myself because I would go to these spaces and see so many people who looked like me and felt like me, and like these were the only places where they felt like they could fully be themselves. So I just felt like, because I sort of kind of already had experience throwing shows since I was in high school, that I there was a void that needed to be filled, and I had the experience and the connections to fill it, 
And that's when, like, I used to bump, like, screamo, like, pop punk. Like, oh, yeah, you know, tell me I about first, it. first started out, yeah. you know. <laughs> I but, do. <laughs> yeah. But when I got to Brooklyn, you know, and started really exploring, like, myself and different scenes, and there was a lot of people that were, you know, unaware that all of these things were going on, but I knew that these people would fuck with every single tangent, you know. Yeah. So I was like, okay, like, instead of, like, just, like, having, like, like introducing one friend to one friend. Why don't I have these like events where I know like, you know, I know these people will fuck with you. That's another reason why I DJ. Cause mm-hmm. I'm just like, I know you would fuck with this if you just heard it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these bands that are around, I feel like it's not a matter of if, but when, like not if you fuck with them, mm-hmm. but like when you see them, you yeah. know, and that, and that's another reason why I do things, why I throw shows because I feel like there's so much power in like the live show. Yeah. You know, being able to like, see and touch and get sweated on by like you know the person that you listen to when you're like down and out mm-hmm. i think there's a lot of power in that so uh yeah that's why the bills that i that i book are generally i could book like you know show me the body and then throw a wiki on there because this is what i listen to yeah yeah this and you is know my that playlist. it will, will resonate with your crowd too you and know i know that people. that exists yeah. yeah and and if i would have had like an outlet or a group or just like one other person that i knew that i could share these things with when i was in middle school or you know i would have i would have been so much happier yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know i would have discovered my truth so much earlier yeah. And so I want to be able to provide that for people because it does exist. And it's, it's, it's crazy how abundant it is. Yeah. But a lot of people are just so ashamed or were ashamed. But like I said, nowadays, it's, it's, it's in. There's a lot of cool guys. Mm-hmm, There's mm-hmm. too many cool guys. And that definitely has to... Like, I started throwing shows in the MySpace days. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, now there's so many different platforms and i think that allows a lot of oversaturation and obviously social media doing it for the gram doing it for the look or the you know living your life for the gram yeah yeah like just being able to show the experiences that you're living takes away from actually living the experience, you know? Yeah, I agree. Definitely. I've seen a lot of people at my shows just get lost in the image. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what's sort of disheartening to me. Yeah, definitely. Because a lot of these kids that are coming to my shows, and I love them, like I said, come, keep coming, because I do it for them. Mm-hmm. If I had the shows that I'm doing when I was their age, like I said, I would have been so much happier. But I just hope that they don't get lost in the illusion and don't become like flavors of the week, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm trying to create something sustainable. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I don't want bandwagoners. Nah, definitely not. But I know what you mean. You have to tell that line about being inclusive and available to people to get into it for the right reasons, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. It's it's tricky. It's definitely tricky. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Like these are, these are children or not children. These are, people kids who like have grown up with cell phones yeah. and the internet like <laughs> yeah. that's even like that's just such a huge like i'm about to be 26 mm-hmm. that's not that old but mm-hmm. like the kids who are coming to my shows are 17 mm-hmm. to 20 like mm-hmm. you know yeah 
hopefully sometimes older but generally <laughs> a lot of these kids are like 19 years old yeah and so they don't know the sound of aol you know right, 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 <laughs> like right. the yeah. internet has come with their lives mm-hmm. so yeah. this is what they know yeah and they don't I can't blame them for it, mm-hmm. but I just wish that some of them detached themselves a little bit yeah. more from it to actually be and live, you know? Yeah, be present. But like I said, I feel like the crew that surrounds me and the majority of the people who come to my shows are coming to it for the right reasons. But these other reasons are what scare me about mm. the maintenance of the scene. Yeah, I definitely hear you. But I also agree with you that it does seem like you have a lot of really positive, good people around you and in your circle. And yeah, I know what you mean, too, about the importance of you mentioned creating spaces for people that you knew would fuck with each other and fuck with music that they might have not even heard yet. But it's like, I know you're going to like this when I play it. Yeah. How super important is to a like create those spaces for people to physically be in proximity to each other and having that be almost as important as the music or just on the same the people you bring together are like the, the, the reason I guess that you do it, but also to how important and those spaces, I think it's a lot easier to be present in and off your phone and out of Instagram world. Cause it's not boring. And you know, I mean, if you have half, if you're stuck in your phone and there's nothing for you, then there's some people that are just live like that. But I mean, like if you're sort of willing to be open, to be present, I think, the, the parties that you curate and the spaces that you make are like the, the perfect place to kind of snap people into the present. Cause I hope so. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, it's Thank very immediate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I guess also you mentioned sustainability just now. Do you want to talk about kind of the difficulties maintaining mm. a presence as a DIY promoter in New mm. York city in 2017 mm-hmm. and how hard it is to sustain anything that you do? Like, anything yeah i mean <laughs> first of all new york city like one of the most expensive cities in the fucking can i curse hell yeah fucking world. <laughs> no you can curse <laughs> <laughs> like i mean it, it's hard to sustain like a, a place to live yeah so when you're doing these things that like you don't have to be doing yeah you're doing these things well but, like personally and i know a lot of other people feel that way because it's all they know. Yeah. You know, it's what just comes out of them naturally. Um, but you're not really making any money from it. And then also, you know, w- uh, the, the thing that comes along with scene politics is a lot of drama. So it's just like you're taking in all of these L's. Mm-hmm but you're just trying to give out so much positivity because you know that, you know, a lot of people count on you and this is just, you know, reflex. Mm -hmm. Um, It's hard. Um, At some time, at some points, I'm just like, is this an expensive habit? Mm. Because a lot of the shows that I'm doing, I end up coming out of pocket for. And sometimes it's not even because people just don't show. It's not even because people don't show up. It's Mm -hmm. just because like, Maybe a lot of people show up and they don't get or they don't pay mm-hmm. because, you know, whatever. Like I said, I'm dealing with young crowds generally. So everybody's trying to get their friends and whatever. Like, I don't I'm not mad at that kind mm-hmm. of shit yeah. because I was that. Mm-hmm. So I don't mind when you do that. Like my New Year's Eve show like two years ago was sold out. 
I was so scared. It was sold out before we opened doors. I was sad because I'm like, I know there's going to be so many people that are going to come here want to buy tickets at the door and can't. So many of my friends was like, yo, I snuck in. And mm. I was like, yes, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know? Word. So I don't mind that shit. But then it's just like, you know, at the end at the end of the show, when you have all these artists coming up to you, like, where's my payment? And Like, I want everybody to get paid too. But sometimes, you know, I can't. Or I can't as much, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's not because you know it's just because of the sh- the way that shit went down. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's rarely a situation of I can't mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. no matter how the show goes down, if I have to take out a pocket, I will make sure that my people get paid. Mm-hmm. So that's why being a promoter is hard because you know people ask for my help, and sometimes I don't even realize the kind of responsibility that i'm taking on Mm -hmm. but as soon as i put my name on something i'm just like fiscally like responsible for every single thing and just like you know managerial wise everyone's looking to me and i'm just like i just helped you guys like do this or i just you know tried like just you know Mm. um you have to be really conscious of where you lend yourself but um it yeah when I take on too much responsibility because I do do it alone mm-hmm. is really a lot. And this isn't like young main isn't just young main. Like I do a lot of other shit. Like I eat. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know? Like I, I travel, I have to like pay rent. Like, you know, I work. Um, I try to put myself out there as much as I can for everyone because like I am a connector mm-hmm. and I do want people to see me as such. Mm-hmm. I want people to reach out to me when they're looking for some help, mm-hmm. when they need somebody. I love being that. But mm-hmm. then that also makes me the fall guy for a lot of shit. Mm, yeah. And that fucks me up. Yeah. And I always try to remain in the good graces of everyone. So I will most likely, if I am in the position to do so, try to make sure you're good as fuck, even if I am worse off. This kind of is like looping way back to the beginning of the conversation. Uh But for those that might not be familiar with your work, and, you know, we've talked a lot about these spaces that you create as a curator and a yeah. DJ and blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm new. I'm, like, fresh off the bus. I'm <laughs> new to New York City. I have no familiarity with yeah. you or your work at all. What? How would you describe, like, a, a show, that, a young man main show that you put on? Just energy. Just, like, New York energy. Um, I feel like that's how I book my shows. Not really... Well, of, of course based off of the music, but not not necessarily like based off of the genre Mm -hmm. of the music, but more so like how it's going to translate live. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so in curating shows, I'm trying to put together the best visual sonic, like, you know, all around experience. I'm not just trying to get, oh, this, you know, oh, this band has great instrumentation and Mm -hmm. I know that they're going to like, you know, no, I'm trying to like get the band that's going to have the biggest pit or, you know, Mm -hmm. like I like what, like I booked Mal DeVisa Mm -hmm. with Machine Girl, two totally opposite acts, Mm -hmm. but Mal DeVisa was in the fucking pit for Machine Girl, Mm -hmm. you know, and like actually she flipped their table while they were performing. (laughs) That's mad funny actually. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But then Mal DeVisa played right after them. And the whole fucking crowd, like we were, it was the, it was packed. Mm-hmm. Whole fucking crowd was silent, almost crying by the end of it. Yeah. But it just 
the energy just all worked like good honest musicianship like positive acceptance Mm -hmm. you know just Mm -hmm. community and that's what my shows are like i my roots are in hip-hop and hardcore Mm -hmm. new york hip-hop new york hardcore east coast i love my city to death you know I was the one in elementary school going to Harlem buying the beef mixtapes of the people in the streets. But then I was also listening to Youth of Today, who was like one of my favorite like New York City hardcore bands. So those are are my bills. Yeah. And that's what I that's what I try to give because I know that there wasn't sort of a space for that to exist when I was younger. That's why I had to like go to a party and a show separately, you know? But like I said, I saw people in all of these spaces that I knew would be able to intermingle. And so my shows are giving up like the conduit, you know? Yeah. So it'd be some of my favorite. Like, I feel like my uh, New Year's Eve show two years ago was like the best outline of my playlist. And who, who was, was on the bill for that? Gloss Gang. Okay. This crew from Brooklyn, uh, like New York Trap. Mm-hmm. Spewing Cum. Mm-hmm. New York Punk. Sick. R.I.P., one <laughs> yeah. of my favorite bands. Really great band, yeah. Yeah. Young Gutted. Okay. Who, like, I fucked with before I even knew that he was in my circle because I love Wiki and I know that he worked with Wiki a lot and I, like, always listen to his shit. And the first time I ever DJed, and was actually on a bill like listed as Young Maine was when I hosted an eviction show with, and I DJ with Young Gutter. So that was like crazy. Young Gutter showed me the body, garbage brain. Oh, shout to Surgeon D. Yeah. Yeah. Jersey boy, Jersey, like <laughs> king and queen in New Jersey right there. Yeah. 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 But um, so Gloss Gang, Young Gutter, Spewing Come, Show Me the Body, uh, Lee Bannon. Oh, yeah. 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 And Wiki. And that was the year that Lil Me came out. Mm-hmm. And Lil Me had came out like maybe like two months before that. Yeah. And that's literally like Show Me the Body is like my favorite band in New York. Mm-hmm. Wiki's my favorite rapper right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was such like a New York bill, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, like yeah. most like aside from Lee Bannon, like everybody mm-hmm. was from the city. And. I really wanted to show that, you know, we got it. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, we got it. <laughs> definitely. Anything, any angle you want to approach exactly. it from, it's happening in your city. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, and it yeah. proved it. Like, it sold out before we even opened doors. Yeah. So, and I feel like that attests to the people who are out there looking for this shit. Yeah. And that kind that's what keeps me going. Yeah, definitely. Because it exists. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's just, it's just all about energy. Like, if you want to dance, if you want to sweat... It's just all kinds of levels of intensity. You might cry, you might bleed, but either way, you're gonna have a good time, and it's going to be very authentic. Yeah, 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 know? definitely, definitely. Yeah, real, just realness, realness. You're gonna meet some real ass people. Mm-hmm. Everybody's hot as fuck. We're all beautiful, dressed well. You know, yes, yeah, very yeah. well dressed. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, people are gonna just. Not ice skate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, like people are just really like it's, it's real. People are real out here. Yeah, definitely. And I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you. Yeah, that's yeah. why you do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's who I am. Yeah, totally, totally. And you're 
voice as a curator, an artist, a DJ, whatever, like your personal voice definitely comes out in your bills that you book. And it's rare. It definitely does. Just like having, you know what I'm saying? Like senior work, whatever, like just senior around for a couple years or whatever. Like it definitely does show. And it's so rare that somebody can have a personal voice in being a show promoter in New York. Cause you're right. It's so snakish and shady for the most part. You know what I mean? And it just really is kind of like a, a dark scene in a lot of ways. And it just, I think is a testament to your, personality and your vision to be able to kind of express yourself just through bills like you don't even have to be DJing it's just like okay like yeah it's clear what the intent is here it's clear the type of like person that's going to be in the crowd and right it's just you know really like your voice shows through in those bills I, so thank you yeah definitely thank yeah you. and it's it's rare to find that so yeah it's cool wow. keep going i yeah. appreciate it yeah, yeah. yeah i'm trying to keep going somebody gotta pay me though yeah please pay <laughs> patrons grant come on yo, somebody <laughs> somebody fund it yeah definitely help I mean, me help yeah. me help yeah. you yeah because you the theoretical you know millionaire or whatever corporate sponsor they need a young man or else there's their shit is not the train is not gonna move like the you know the car's not gonna yeah. go it's just like you got the gas so yeah people want to act like artists are at the bottom of the totem pole but of course the magic that they create it makes everything go so you know what i mean flipping that power structure is necessary and important you know i hope that happens do you see that actually as a possibility that's a really deep question. <laughs> I hate to say no. <laughs> I hate to say yeah, no. Yeah, too, I, but, you yeah. Know. I think in small increments, I think that there's a lot of people working in New York City right now that are inspiring me as far as taking back that power in those meetings and mm-hmm. in those rooms or whatever. And I feel like you can do it on an individual level if you have if you're smart enough and if you are in a position if you get if you work hard enough to get in a position to do it. Yeah. Do I see it happening overall on an institutional level? Maybe not anytime soon. Yeah. Which sucks. <laughs> you know, I yeah. mean, I, that's why I asked you that because I feel the same way. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe looking for some hope, but I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. We just have to like recalibrate and assess and adapt. Yeah, definitely. You know, I feel like that's another reason why it's been such a slow progress because a lot of people are like, either still scratching their heads or relying too much on trying to like recreate some sort of nostalgia or the past thing. But I think that, you know, progression and growth is like doing new things and changing things. And it's not like if you change something a little bit, it's like completely different, but Mm -hmm. it can like, you know, inspiration. But now is not three years ago or 20, 30 years ago. Like, so right, right. all you and, hardcore bands like come on yeah, yeah and what was 30 years ago was right yeah and happened yeah yeah <laughs> you know yeah, and there's a reason why it's not still happening today right yeah, yeah so i just think people really need to like steep themselves a little bit more in reality mm-hmm. and work with that and yeah. realize it's not the end of the world mm-hmm. and that they can still find themselves Within like a new, yeah. a new voice and a yeah, new expression. Yeah, but people are too scared of new. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I think, I mean, there's a lot to be said about the concept of nostalgia. I think it's like very fascist, and you know, the whole Trump campaign was very nostalgic, like yeah. "Make America Great." I'm, all this right. is based on nostalgia. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So when I see nostalgia take root in music scenes, I'm always skeptical of it, right? Because I feel like it's inherently fascist, honestly, and it's <laughs> fucked up. You know what I mean? Yeah, nah, I <laughs> yeah, feel you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, but that's like almost like kind of another thing but 
also just the trap you were talking about before of not being open to new ideas is really the yeah. death of, of any music That's scene. That's how yeah. I have literally seen scenes die. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, because they're just like, no, you're not allowed. Right, you don't fit. Yeah. We wrote the rules in like 2003 or whatever and exactly. that's Exactly. Yeah, 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 definitely. Exactly. And that's yeah. another like not adapting, yeah. you know. Yeah. And then when you're just so like inherently like that that's a lot of like ego and like bullshit yeah. there. Mm-hmm. People start to catch on and they're like, "Fine, you're not fucking with me. I'm not fucking with you." I feel like nowadays and I've said this before to my friends like people are so much about dominating and not sharing. Yeah. And it would be so much easier like everybody wants to front community so hard but at the same time they're booking bills or they're doing shows that it's like this person only like i've literally seen like flyers that said blank only yeah you know right and i'm just like how yeah how does that help yeah, yeah. how does any sort of exclusion help yeah when there are people that need these kinds of things and then they see that these things are happening and they're not accepted yeah that doesn't help anyone yeah And I think that, you know, maybe, like I said, the fucking social media, there's a lot of vanity going around. Everybody's trying to be on top, but you don't get on top by stepping over other people. You know, you get on top by helping and supporting, you know. Yeah, definitely. Because you might, yeah, it it might get you there in the short term. Mm -hmm. But if you're trying to be somebody and, like, make your name... Mm -hmm then you gotta you you gotta work yeah, together definitely because definitely. that is what is gonna keep you around 10 20 years later that's what's gonna keep people talking about you that's what's gonna keep your name relevant yeah definitely. if you worked with other people yeah i think too it's like and you just got to basically the main problem with capitalism point blank is like people want to dominate and they don't want to share and domination is just the rule and that's i feel like that's that's across the board in capitalist culture in the U S whatever. But I think also the reason that maybe in the music scene, people want to go for that is that there's one spot at the table for someone to make X amount of money. And Mm. people know that, and they're not going to get your entire subculture in that. I'm not saying it's good or whatever, but I'm just saying, I feel like that kind of fuels that, um, uh, idea of wanting to dominate in the music scene mm. or go for self because there's one check, there's one job, you know what I mean? There's one seat at the table and you know, it's set up yeah. like that. Yeah. It's set, it up, set yeah, up yeah, like that. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's horrible. It is horrible. It's fucked up. Yeah. Cause then that is hard to sort of explain to somebody why you should share. Yeah, totally. <laughs> right. Because they're like, well, why should I share? Yeah. There's, there's X money. amount of money. Yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, totally. And then yeah. it's just like, you have to, I know what you mean too about, and like I've said this before to friends too, is it's like when you work with people, like you can immediately know if they grew up in kind of like an anti-capitalist DIY setting because they immediately get the inherent value in sharing and being in an equitable partnership. And it's just like, if you have to break someone's programming from the top down, if they're fully immersed in capitalism, they're like, why should I share with you? It's like hard to work with them. It's so hard. Yeah. And a lot, a lot of people, oh my gosh. And this has been a topic amongst me and my friends. There's this crazy elitism that is happening within the scene right now. A lot of people are coming in expecting so many things from, and I'm usually humble, but I'm going to call myself a veteran right now. Okay, yeah, definitely. Because I've been in the scene for a really long time. 
and they're expecting these crazy things from veterans like me when they fully are just emerging as even like they might have just started making music maybe like two or three years ago mm-hmm. and they're still younger than me yeah do you think that and this is kind of like i was gonna ask you too about you were saying that like kind of like we're in this moment which is very exciting where what used to kind of be almost like a secret maybe like new yorker code of like oh yeah yeah i listen to like clue tapes or whatever but Mm -hmm. i also listen to hardcore and like you know there's like a huge amount of people in the city that were like on that for the past whatever 10 20 years but i feel like i i I definitely hear what you're saying that's kind of like getting to this point now where they're meeting in physical space and actually having Mm -hmm. bills that combine the two things maybe for i mean i wasn't in new york before i was born obviously but that seems new you know what i mean yeah do you think that as exciting as that is are the codes and like yeah just like the the sort of respect that you're taught at an early age in like the DIY scene or whatever, is that getting fucked up for these new generation? Or yes. Like, yeah. Wow. Damn. That's right. <laughs> damn. <laughs> a thousand percent. Yeah. That's, that sucks. A thousand percent because I came into it having so many idols. Yeah. And sort of like looking at people. Yeah. I did put people on a pedestal. That was also because I didn't really know how accessible a lot of these people were yeah and that is another thing that attracted me to this scene because when i was going to shows in like high school and middle school i was like paying 2018 dollars to go to gramercy theater and see like norma jean or something you know definitely so yeah so i lived i lived that warped tour life yeah yeah and then i came to brooklyn and i was paying five dollars to like experience something that was so much more genuine and bigger than that i felt yeah yeah um but nowadays kids didn't really see the come up yeah they just came in yeah yeah yeah. and yeah it just all has to do with so much vanity Mm, yeah yeah. so much front there's a lot of fronting and i came into it knowing that i was not below but just knowing my i don't even want to say knowing my place because that like sounds a little sexist yeah, just yeah. like I know what you're saying. Just yeah, yeah. just like respect. having a, a respect for a respect for <laughs> yeah. like the I know what you're saying. Like Definitely. I knew that I wasn't in these people's shoes, but I knew that like like we were like a Todd P or just mm. like somebody that was just a main tastemaker. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I wanted to be like these people because they inspired me. And so there's some sort of like humbleness that goes when when you're inspired by someone, right? So a lot of these people like fuck what people are doing mm. like nowadays and are like, oh, wow, this person's so great. They're like, oh, let's link. Let's work together. <laughs> you let's know, build. Let's build yeah, 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 exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. And when you are a little hesitant or mm. maybe don't have time, it's like offense. Right, 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 right. And that's what creates a lot of this drama in the scenes because people are just like, well, no, I can't or no. I, and I tell this to my friends all, t- all the time. Self-care is not selfless. Mm-hmm. And I, and that's even a problem that I'm working on now. I say yes to so many things. Yeah, totally. And sometimes I got to be like, no, like, especially one, if I'm trying to myself, like create a brand for yeah. young Maine. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to attach myself to any old thing because mm-hmm. yeah. you could say yes to a person a hundred times and the one no they hear is the only thing. Yeah, yeah. So if I, I can have a hundred good shows, but if I have one bad show, that's the thing that people are going to remember. So I just can't attach myself to everything. Yeah. And also this is not my whole life. Yeah, 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 definitely. But when you are not, people 
treat promoters and like I don't know old heads and see I don't know like they're like their weed man you know like you're supposed yeah. to be on call all the time yeah yeah and the minute like you can't mm-hmm. it's some shit like come on guys we need to work together yeah 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 definitely. stop being stop judging and hating and you could and you could say you're the shit. <laughs> right. like you could claim your space. You could be like, I'm this bitch. I mm-hmm. love that shit. Yeah, yeah. But don't be like, I'm this bitch and she's not. Be like, I'm this bitch and she's that bitch. Yeah. So I wanted to end on like kind of a positive note too. Yes. I, you know what I mean? Definitely. Like, cause yeah. like so much of what you do is so positive, even in the face of like kind of some of the. A lot of adversity. Bro. Well, cause you know, I mean, exactly. The, the system is not set up, obviously. Right. To make it easy. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, but what keeps you inspired and what keeps you doing shows and DJing and curating and doing everything you do in, in the current moment? There's, uh, hmm, because there's a lot of different ways to answer that question, but I'll just say every time that I'm feeling like, what the fuck am I doing this for? I feel like the universe just like always conspires in some sort of way that within that week something happens that I'm like, oh, I know why. You know, so whether that be like me watching a video or hearing a new band or going to a show and I see like a new artist, then I'm like, I have to book them. They're like doing so much for this scene right now and nobody knows about them. Or whether it's a kid that I meet at a show that I go to, um, that it's like their introduction to the scene. Or whether it's, a band that I book that is on the bill with another band and they're like, yo, who is that band? You know, it, it warms my heart so much to see bands that I fuck with and respect because like the musicians that I book and fuck with are like my biggest inspiration. Like their seal of approval means everything to me. So to see a band that I admire and love, like stay and watch the whole show that I book and really fuck with everyone else that is on the bill as them. That means so much to me, you know, cause I'm able to turn people on to other things that I know that they will fuck with, but I fuck with their shit so much. And that just means like, wow, like I am actually onto something, you know, if this is like the best band in the city right now, or this is like my favorite, this kind of band. And they're willing to listen to this kind of band that doesn't sound anything like them, but they were like attentively smiling throughout their whole entire set and asked them, you know, like, what the fuck, you know, like after their set, you know, a lot of that, that is what keeps me going. Just seeing other people being inspired by the spaces that I create. Like, there's a lot of times that I meet people who are chilling together at a show that I'm just going to, that I spent my money to go to because I fuck with this artist. And then I meet people that have met at my shows, that are at these other shows, you know, that are like super good friends now or best friends or dating or whatever. And I'm like, okay, you know, like I brought these people together. And if I make one person happy, or if I inspire one person to like throw a show or just give back to their scene in some sort of way, that's what keeps me going. Because knowing that you're not alone can mean life or death for some people. And I, I am an only child to a single mom from the Bronx. I grew up 
alone a lot. But I wasn't lonely. That's the thing. Like, I love I love being an only child. That's what allowed me to really, like, flourish and explore and not have to be held up to any sort of standard, you know. I was fully myself. So I was a little black girl living in the Bronx, going to school in Harlem. I was obsessed with motocross. I was always watching the X Games. I loved wrestling, WWE. You know, I played double Dutch. But I also was listening to Nas and Nelly and Ludacris. Chicken and Bear is like one of my like essential albums when I was younger. So I know that, like I said before, if I had the space to talk to people about that and not feel like, damn, like maybe this is not something that I should be proud of. Like my confidence would have been up so much more, so much earlier. So knowing that I am able to provide that space and like people like hit me up that I, like for example, Ned from Title Fight. Title Fight used to be like one of my favorite fucking bands. Like I listened to a lot of pop punk they were, like, more punk than pop. And Ned, like, the lead singer, ran his own magazine or, like, his own venue. He wrote for, like, the local scene magazine. I respected him so much. Then, what, four or five years later, I'm getting hit up by Ned from Title Fight. Like, can I book a show in your basement? Yeah. You know, like, that, that, like, nobody really understood what that show <laughs> was like for me. You know, like, Title Fight was, like, I bought tickets like months in advance and waited on lines to see them like 4 p.m. for like an 8 p.m. show type of title fight fan. And like Ned comes and he's like, I'm Ned. And I'm like, I fucking know. But he's like my age or maybe even a little younger, you know. So just those, all those kinds of things that I'm like, wow, if other people believe in me, if other people need me, like people don't let me rest. And I sort of like that. You know, like the minute I'm like, I can't do this anymore. The minute I have a bad experience, a bad show, or I hear some rumor about me, but somebody's like, yo, I, re- I heard some good things about you from this person, and I really need your help, and I would love it if I could make this happen. I'm like, okay. Right, back in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So a lot of different things keep me going, but just knowing that I'm introducing people to new things and letting them know that there is a space for them. In, in the world, whether they gotta come from wherever, but you you can come here, you know, New York. We, we love you. Like 
on Shady. Put the white rims on the Mercedes. Young nigga feel like Pat Swayze. Hannah Montana, 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 Hannah Montana. I got money, I got white, I got money, I got white, white, trippin',
fuck like I'm a sucker? Who the fuck think I won't pull up and let loose? I got three bitches with me, I'ma pull up, I'm bleeding, they gon' fuck the crew. Who's gonna stop me now? Who's gonna stop me now? Who's gonna stop me, boy? Who? I can't get all of you, somebody come with me just in case you can touch you. How many times have I told you if you don't fuck everyone, then he'll be rude? How many times have I told you to bring me me bad and you could be cool? Check gang, let's have a moment of silence for niggas ain't round with us. Doing but come through, Ooh, splash on niggas, on the gas on niggas, yeah. Uh, uh, and my fettuccine, uh, front row with the fashion show niggas. Uh, fuck around, going by a Lamborghini. Uh, I'm going NASCAR on niggas, hey. Uh, Puffin' on the Lala. I've been the fly guy when niggas rock eyes out. I'm up with tickets like Popeye. Uh, old money, new money, nigga, never getting old. Do a young nigga, right? Fuckin' up the raw dope right now. Fuckin' up the raw dope right now. Uh, I used to break down a hoe out. Uh, I used to break down a hoe out. Uh, I gotta wait a minute up now. It's taking too long for me to count. Take two. Right. Decisions, decisions. You fuckin' with me, that's a head on collision. The maxin' them, textin' them, effin' them now. We hustle, we struggle, we made it and grind. Nigga, this avatar 80, young thug, go and raise it, young thug, go and raise it. Hannah Montana, bangin' in red bandana. He wanna fuck on me, cause I keep choppers with ammo. Nigga gon' hate on me, cause I'm at the top with Brodo. Hey, Pacho, hold up, kickin' your mundo. Shoot with the fofo. Hell, this shit done. Can't breathe, nigga. Half a meal I done took on my street, nigga. I'll wipe the pit, I won't eat, nigga. Ran off with them peas, I won't see them, nigga. Keep up, but the money get gone. Can't wrap up on the street. Best dollars in the world can't trust me. Keep those just can't even touch me. Keep racing all of my niggas gon' eat. Keep racing all of my niggas gon' eat. Where's Tarvin? I need me some sands. I just love the beach. I'm having all of the sands.
Never so you can have it. You. 